Heavenly Father, indeed, you are God alone. You are Lord of our world. You are Lord of our lives. You are God in the good times and in the bad, in the confusing times and the joyous times. And we gather as your people this morning to celebrate you, to worship you, to hear your word preached and taught, to receive your love in bread and in wine, to name the brokenness of our world and trust in your future. Open our hearts now to your scripture and word that we might receive what you would pour out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and have a seat, and I invite you to watch the screens. This is my city. These are my people. I've seen a lot of things in this town. Things I don't like. Bad people taking advantage of the weak. Good people down on their luck. Innocent people suffering. Talk to God a lot. Sometimes he talks back. So I ask him, when are you going to do something about all this? You know what his answer was? You wouldn't believe me if I told you. My name is Habakkuk. This is my story. Well, we are about to dive into a new sermon series. It's on Habakkuk or Habakkuk. It's a small book in the Bible. And, and when I tell people I was getting ready for this, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to preach on Habakkuk, Habakkuk. And, and they're like, have a what? I'm like, yeah, Habakkuk. No. What is that? I'm like, it's a, it's a small book in the Bible. They're like, yeah, it must be really small. I've never heard of it, right? So here's the thing. I'm going to invite you to bring your Bibles, bring your iPads, bring your phones and your apps. And we are going to look at Habakkuk, Habakkuk. It's a very small book. It's only three chapters long, and you're going to be so motivated by today's sermon, you're actually going to go home and you're going to read the whole thing this afternoon and be ready for next week, right? Yeah, okay, good. See, thank you. Oh, that was good. That was a good response this morning. They were a little more nervous about that. So, but there are Bibles in the back. If you need a Bible, take one with you. There are Bibles on the back table by the doors as you enter in. I encourage you to bring your Bibles and mark it up. Uh, just simply because this is such a small book, we are going to actually travel through the whole thing together. We're going to walk through the whole thing together. I'm going to read to you some of it. We're going to read some of it on the screens. But just in case you want to have it with you, bring out your phones, bring out your iPads, your tablets, whatever. We're going to walk through the book of Habakkuk. And... Um, just to give you an idea of where it is, the way that the Bible is divided up. The Bible, uh, it comes from the Greek word biblio, which means library. And so the Bible is rather a collection of books. We always refer to it as one book. It's actually a collection of books. And so in the Old Testament, in the 
first part of the Bible, it's divided up into these different types of books. And you can see there are different categories. There's law, history, poetry, and wisdom, major prophets. Major prophets are guys who have, uh, kind of where God speaks a word to someone, and they're very long-winded preachers like me. And they like to really just get going, and they have a lot to say, right? And then there are minor prophets who are really good. God speaks a very pointed word to them, and they are able in a, in, in a brief, short amount of time to be able to say something really penetrating to the, to the uh, comment, commentary on the day. Now, you can see there, Habakkuk comes in between Nahum and Zephaniah, uh, and it is happening at the same time in history as uh, kind of the Kings and Chronicles, okay? So God is speaking to a prophet, Habakkuk, and he is speaking to him at, the time, at a specific time, a specific context, and that would be in uh, the latter part of Chronicles and the latter part of Kings. So I figured what we could do, since this is such a short, short book, that we're just going to do Bible study with Pastor Andrew. Does that sound cool? You guys up for that? We're just going to do Bible study with Pastor Andrew. We're going to start in the beginning, and we're just going to work our way through Habakkuk. And as we go, we're going to take things out, point them out, and look at them, hold them up for examination. And today, particularly, what you need to know about this sermon series is it's going to build. So we're only going to get so far, and you're going to be left with a cliffhanger that you're all going to want to come back for tomorrow, okay? Excuse me, to uh, next week. Um, Yeah, I won't even be in tomorrow. Don't worry, I'm sleeping. So uh, come back next week, though. We're going to pick up where we leave off. Today, just a forewarning though, we are going to stop today and you're going to be like, well, what happens next? It's, it's coming, okay? So here we go. We're going to dive in Habakkuk chapter 1. We're just going to start in the beginning and work our way through. Here we go. As you read this, I encourage you to, to look for what, here's my question, what does Habakkuk see? What does Habakkuk see? And I gave you some help. Here we go. This is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. And this is Habakkuk speaking. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction. I I see violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed. There is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Scholars describe this as poetic lament poetic lament and 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 what this is 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 described you know when you think of that word lament it's kind of an old-fashioned word it's not one you hear as much anymore uh, but what it means is kind of that that gut-wrenching you know emotional state where tears are coming down where, where you are just weeping and crying out where your heart is really is broken open that's what lament is and it kind of looks like this You picture Habakkuk on his knees crying out to God, 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 look, at, look around me. Look at this world I'm in. Look at what I see. So here's the question. You didn't know there was going to be a quiz. What does Habakkuk see? Go ahead and shout it out. What did you notice? What does Habakkuk see? Evil, misery, violence, 
injustice, destruction. Yes, yes. You could say that Habakkuk, in his lamentation, Habakkuk is, is crying out to God. He, he, he is he's crying out to God, and he's crying out to him uh, about violence. He's crying out to God because he sees injustice. He's looking around and he's looking at his world and he's noticing corruption and poverty. He's looking at his world and he's looking and he says, God, this isn't fair. This life that I'm living, this world that, 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 that your people are going through, there's, this is not fair, God. There's brokenness in our world. Why aren't you doing something about it? God, this world is not right. This world is not fair. Do something, will you? What do you think God's response is? Habakkuk, you're right. God, actually, actually, this is like a cool moment. You've got to figure this is a good moment when God agrees with you. I mean, that's kind of a neat moment, right? As a prophet, it's like, yes, I'm doing my job correctly. Um, you know, God is actually saying, Habakkuk, you're totally right. You're totally right. There, there, is, there is greed and there is poverty and there is pain and there is suffering. And, and here you go. Listen, I'm going to read to you. Listen to God's. This is God's response. The Lord replied, verse 5. The Lord replied, look around at the nations, look and be amazed. For I am about to do something in your own day, something you wouldn't even believe, even if someone told you about it. Here's what I'm going to do. I am raising up the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer other lands. They're notorious for their cruelty and they do whatever they like. Their horses are swifter than cheetahs and fiercer than the wolves at dusk. Their charioteers charge from far away like eagles. They swoop down to devour their prey. On they come, all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. They scoff at kings and princes and scorn all their fortresses. They simply pile up ramps of earth against their walls and capture them. They sweep past like the wind and are gone, but they are deeply guilty. For their own strength is their God. Do you get that? Do you get what God's plan is? I mean, let me, let me see. Let me get this straight. I, I'm looking around and I see violence and persecution and injustice and poverty and greed and corruption. All these really bad things. And let me get this straight, God. Your plan is to raise up a foreign army to come on in and destroy us. What the heck are you talking about, God? What gives? 
God, let me get this straight. Your plan is to bring in a wrecking crew? I mean, I know we're bad. I know we're messed up. But you want to raise up another people where, where they, they, they live and breathe for violence. They live and breathe for destruction. And you want to actually raise them up and just hit the reset button on us? Seriously? That's your plan? God, what gives? How does that work? Are you sure about that? I mean, life is unfair already. And now you're telling me that you, you're, that you've got it wrong and that you're going to be unfair as well. He even goes as far to say, Habakkuk says, you know, God, you're immortal. You're divine. I am not. He says it like this. This is Habakkuk's reply back to God. Ready? Habakkuk says this, verse 12. Oh, Lord, my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal, surely you do not plan to wipe us out. Oh, Lord, our rock, you've sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins. But you're pure and you can't stand the sight of evil. Are you going to wink at their treachery? Should you be silent while the wicked swallow up people more righteous than they? Are they only fish to be caught and killed? Are we only sea creatures that have no leader? Must we be strung along on their hooks, caught in their nets, while they rejoice and they celebrate? Then they will worship their nets. They will burn incense in front of them. These nets are the gods who made us rich, they will claim. Will you let them get away with this forever? Will they succeed forever in their heartless conquests? I will climb up to my watchtower, and I will stand at my guard post. There, there I will wait to see what the Lord says, how he will answer my complaint. I really like Habakkuk. Did you expect that response? I mean, when a divine God tells you something, don't you feel like you should be like, yes, O most holy and gracious one, I will do whatever you ask of me. Right? Isn't that like that we're taught that like the passive good behavior is like, okay, God, whatever you say is good by me. But that's not what Habakkuk does. Habakkuk stands up and says, God, are you... Are you serious? Are you sure? Because you destroy us, we're going to be worse off than when we started. God, this can't be the long-term plan. I think there's a real beauty and freedom in this. I think one of the things that Habakkuk does is is gives breathing space for us as people to be in relationship with God, to be mad at God, to say, God, life's unfair. You're being unfair. What gives? You know, there's destruction in our world. I mean, turn on the news. Let your hearts be broken open by that stuff. There's violence. There's homelessness. God, what gives? This doesn't make sense to me. How come? 
You see, your relationship with God, God's relationship with His people is good enough. It, it is healthy enough. It is strong enough. God is so devoted to you. He's so committed to you that it's okay for you to be angry at God. Did you know that? I mean, here you have a prophet angry with God, saying, I don't get it. My job sucks. My marriage is falling apart. My kids are driving me crazy. I turn on the news and it's just as bad there. I think there's real beauty and freedom. And that Habakkuk, this book, gives you the freedom and the ability to be in relationship with a holy God and say, God, I don't get it. Please help. That's something to be cherished. Moving on. God hears his second complaint. God hears it and he says, uh, Habakkuk, I hear you. I'm with you. I got you. Look, I'm going to make this simple and I'm going to make this clear. I want you to write my answer to you on, on tablets. I mean, plain. We're going to lay this out there. And, and, and I want you to select a runner that can carry this message, this, this message that I'm about to give you to all the other people. I want you to put this on a billboard so that everybody knows. I'm about to give you a vision for a future time. It describes the end. I promise you, it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud, look at the haughty, look at those who, who, who rely on their own strength and, and who are violent and who persecute and, and who... who, who abuse the systems that are out there. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives, they're crooked. And that's why our world is so messed up. But Habakkuk, my children, my people, the righteous, they will live by their faithfulness to me. They will live based on this promise that I am giving you. They will live trusting in, in this future that, that, that I promise to bring about. The righteous will live by faith. This is a big moment in the book. This is the punchline. We're getting to it up front, first Sunday. Everything stems from this. It, it, is, it is this point where we see, and Habakkuk sees, the brokenness of our world, and we say, God, what gives? God's response is, I promise you, I promise you that I'm going to bring about a future that will, that will stop violence, 
I promise you that I will bring about a future where where injustice will be just a distant memory. I promise you that I am going to bring about a future that, 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 that that is special and wondrous and holy and good. And all the stuff that you see right now, that's not going to be part of my future. The brokenness that you're wrestling with right now, that's not going to be part of my future. And I promise you this future is coming. The question is, do you believe me? Do you believe me? When you turn on the news and you see the story after story that just breaks your heart, do you believe that God's promise for that future, that it's coming? When you go home and you walk into your home and, you, and your home is just, brokenness is in your home, in your relationships with your spouse, with your kids, with your parents, with whoever, Dear friends, when there's brokenness that is so evident in your own life, do you believe God's promise, this vision for a future? Throughout scriptures, God is constantly making promises to his people. This is what he does as a divine and good God. He says, look, I know things are tough, but I am working on something magnificent. I am working on something spectacular, and it's for your own good because I love you. This future that I have for you is because I love you. In the Old Testament, a lot of the Old Testament, a lot of these prophets, uh, some of the major prophets specifically, uh, talk a lot about a promise God makes that's, that's so, so radical. God actually promises to dwell with his own people. Because there's, there's, there's places, there's brokenness where people look around and they're like, God, where are you? You're not even around. And God says, look, I promise in this future, I'm going to be with you always. In fact, I'm going to step so deep into your broken reality that I'm going to wrap myself in flesh. That's how deep I'm going to step into your brokenness. Because I too, I as God, weep and lament over this destruction and the violence and the brokenness of our world. As your God, I am bringing about a future. This is my vision to you, Habakkuk. This is my vision to you, Christ Church. That I have a future for you, and it's wondrous. The question is, do you believe in my promise? Habakkuk. Christ Church. Do you believe in my promise? Now, I told you there was going to be a cliffhanger, right? That's your cliffhanger. So now you're all going to come back next week to find out what, is, what does Habakkuk say to that? Does he? I mean, does Habakkuk have that faith, that, 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 that stance that says, God, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to believe in you. God, I, I, I'm going to, going to trust in this future, and I'm going to live in such a way that this future is what I'm living for and towards. Or am I, am I going to reject your future and live into the brokenness? 
Oh. So we got to come back next week to pick this up, right? <laughs> to end today, typically what, what we do as pastors is we like to end in prayer. It's, it's, it's that time where we as, as a body come together and we recenter ourselves on this teaching, on this heart, and what God is kind of speaking into, into today. And what I thought we could do for today is um, I thought we could step into Habakkuk's shoes for a moment today. I'm going to invite you to lament with me. To let your heart be broken. To let yourself be, 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 be moved in such a way that we as, 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 a, as a people of God cry out to God to say, God, there's still violence today. There is still destruction today. There is still brokenness today. Don't forget your promise, God. Don't forget your future, God. So I'm going to invite you to be prophetic today. I'm going to invite you to be prophetic. And so here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask everyone who's sitting in this section over here. I'm going to ask of you that we are going to spend time in prayer. We're going to spend two to three minutes of just quiet prayer. And I'm going to ask you specifically to pray against uh, violence. Remind God that there is violence in our world and that's not what he desires. And remind him of his promise to end violence. Would you do that for me? Please pray over violence. Middle section. Injustice. There's injustice in our world. There is injustice in, 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 in our homes, in our communities. And so I'm going to ask you, please, we're going to, please remind God that there is injustice in this world. And let's pray together and ask him to bring that future. So I invite you, be prophetic and, and pray against injustice. Last section over here. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite you to pray over uh, poverty and corruption. Poverty and corruption and, and, and how people are abused and oppressed. Pray, please, over poverty. You know, just, just yesterday, Pastor Bob and Greg are in Ethiopia. They're doing fantastic. And yesterday they posted something on the Internet that, that said they were, their hearts were just torn. They were lamenting the amount of poverty in Ethiopia that they are experiencing. And the joy that it is for them to be there to, 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 to serve those in deep poverty. And so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you, please, pray against poverty. Pray against corruption. Be prophetic and remind God of the future he has promised his people. Can you do that for me? Okay. At the very end, I'll wrap us up with a quick word as we join our hearts as one corporate body. But for the moment, I invite you, let us pray together and remind God.